Good evening and welcome to another County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. And me, Martin Johnson, over there. There's two of us. There's two of us. There's an echo in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got um, quite a lot to get through tonight. Um, First on the agenda, new signings. Yes, new signings, plural. Yes. Um, One on the pitch, one off the pitch. And that's a very unusual situation. It's come out of the blue, but also um, nobody saw that this was a kind of role that was on offer at County or that, that County needed, you know, how you know what I'm trying to say. Potentially. I mean, what we've got to remember is um major takeover happened a couple of weeks These ago. These are different times. So, for sure. you know, we can ex- we we can begin to expect the unexpected, you know. Um six months ago, if you'd have asked me would we be sitting here talking uh, about County's new director of football, probably wouldn't have had you up on that. But now, I, I can believe it fully. You hear about the vision of Mark Stott, of where he wants to take the club. You look at the pedigree of the people around him. Uh, and this you know, this is the first one of who knows. I, I don't know. Uh, sorry, of how many, who knows. But um, you, you look at the guy and you think, wow. Do you know, you've worked in a, with, with Premier League clubs. You've worked across the continent, across the world, in some of these cases, with, with some of these clubs. Um, you, you know, the City Football Group in Melbourne, New York, Manchester. Just Sa- say, we're, we're talking about Simon Wilson here, who's yeah. been appointed as director of football. Yeah, you, uh, sorry, I, I did run away myself. But, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the, the City Group is as is, is, is exciting for, for that for that side of the fence, if you like, as it is. Um the exciting one for me is you look at Southampton, uh, you know, look at some of the, the players that they've had over, over the last few years. So, you know, one of the most exciting academies in world football. I don't think Without it's un- question. I don't think it's unfair to say. Um and to know that he was in and amongst that is, is incredible. You know, what a coup. You you would not be surprised if someone for a, of that ilk went to a, a top level Premier League club, let let alone, let alone county. So um yeah, you're talking yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain, talking Walcott, you're talking Ward Prowse, Luke Shaw. You could, there's, there's so many names we could yeah. go through. You know, what his involvement was with those, I don't know. But uh, you, you look at Southampton, you look at the City Group, you look at the other other clubs on on that resume, and you think this guy, you know, he's worth a roll of the dice, shall we say? Um, it's always, if we're being honest, um, a bit over. You know, a director of football. What what exactly is a director of football? What what exactly does he do? Um, how's the ga- how's the gaffer going to feel? How's the you know how do the fans see it? Everything else, but take you've got to take Mark Stott. Everything he said so far, he's delivered on it. In this first couple of weeks, you know, new players have come in, uh, new staff are coming in, and he's made it very clear whatever Jim wants, Jim gets. So um, it looks like a very very exciting step. Well, for sure. I mean. Ask the fan in the street, do you need a director of football? Who knows? Have you got a really good option as a director of football? As you say, with somebody who's got fantastic pedigree, absolutely. I mean, we were looking at his Wikipedia page before. Now, what I know of Prozone is it changed the game in terms of football statistics. And, you know, that now, look at all the top teams that, you know, City, Liverpool, they're all looking at stuff at half time and changing the game because their their statistical analysis is so good. And for him to be at the spearhead of that, what you know, what a great sign. Yeah, well, I, I was reading this from from the club's website. Wilson started his career started his career as a consultant with Prozone. Started his career as a <laughs> consultant, not 
worked in the game for years and years and years to get up to that level. That's the level of respect this guy commands. And, and like you say, it is a game changer. Um, I know one man that will be extremely excited to work with him is Nick Donnelly, who you know works really closely with, uh, as we call them, the pods, the little things that, that the guys wears, uh, wear, wear on the back of the shirt. Now, I had a few conversations with Nick. Um, about innovation and he's really interested in you know that side of things so you, you're right I know for sure that Nick will be very excited about that Nick of course we, we should say is the strength and conditioning coach uh, at County lovely fella um, I, I'm sure he'll be delighted uh, you know to, to learn everything that he can um, from this new venture but I've always said and, and I even said this Martin I think on, on air a, a few weeks ago when, when the takeover was had just been announced as a football fan, I, I've never really been too interested in the conversation of what's going on behind the scenes, what the chairman says to the board of directors, the, the blah, blah, blah. It's never really... I've always wanted to, to see what's going on on the pitch, what, what you know, what the um, the tactics are of the game, the exciting striker, the was it offside. That, but with this new era coming in, I can't help but be glued to it. It's, it's incredible. It is, and, you know... It, you do kind of feel what's coming next, but you also feel like, you know, Mark Stott's got plenty more up his sleeve and that there's other ideas and people, and, and you also feel like people are, are going to be able to float ideas and say, how about this? You know, what, whatever that might, that, that sounds very vague, but whatever that might be, you know, like, I'm not saying it'll happen, but, you know, things like AstroTurf and, you know, and developments to the ground and stuff like that, you know, you, you do get the feeling that, you know, people are going to be able to have their ideas thought about yeah I mean uh, he's he's spoken in the interview with John a few weeks ago about big plans and the idea to take the ground you know to a new level to take the club to a new level to to championship within seven years which I I still just saying it makes me feel a bit should we be saying this out loud is this really something we should be speaking about but at at the same time I've I've said it in previous weeks both in commentary and on here you look at the the football landscape over the last few years, the fact that Fleetwood, Crawley, Forest Green, Burton Albion, who had Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as manager, for God's sake, Leicester City won the Premier League. Do you know, do you know what I mean? The, the landscape is just different than it was Didn't 10 or 15. Didn't have Edgar Davids as well. Exactly. Barn, yeah. Barnet Barnet had Edgar, Edgar Davids. Edgar yeah. Davids. You know, the, the football landscape is changing and county... For it's as big a shock if you you know if you were told 15, 20 years ago County are ending up in the National League North you, you wouldn't believe it so the fact that he's coming with this ambition and he's delivering on it straight away big name players coming in Danny Lloyd coming in Liam McAlinden coming in what a statement of intent those two signings are Lewis Maynard who we'll speak about in a moment coming in big statement of intent you know they've identified an area that needs to improve quickly boom it's done you know the fact that he can do that and at the same time say, realistically, we can go and compete with these other clubs. Put that into the mix with the fact that Fleetwood and Crawley and teams you probably hadn't heard of 20, 30 years ago are climbing up the pyramid. Why not go back and get up there? We've got absolutely nothing to fear. So it is a bit scary here in Championship in seven years. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket, <laughs> but at the same time, this is the way to do it if, you, if you're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, Seven years, you know, put it in perspective, you know, think what your kids are going to be like in seven years, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that, that seems like quite far away. But if you think backwards to 2013, that doesn't seem quite 
that long ago at all. I hope they sleep through the night in seven years. <laughs> as, <laughs> as long as they tick that box. We might right. get much some more sense out of you. <laughs> uh, just finally on that manager thing, um, Edgar Davies was an absolute disaster at Barnet, by the way. Wouldn't do away games. He wouldn't do away games, no. It was, <laughs> I went to a thing at Barnet and uh, I was talking to some of the, uh, I think it was one of the directors there, um, just after, and he was, he was saying it, it wasn't a room, it was true. He just, he wouldn't do it. You know, and he didn't even nominate anybody. <laughs> he didn't like give the assistant manager anything or anything. Anyway, but uh, let's talk about Lewis Maynard a bit more then. Yeah, um, he comes with very high recommendations across the board. Um, midfielder, I think you would look at you. You would look at um, County's performances in the last couple of weeks or the last few weeks, and it's fair to say we have been a little lacklustre. You know. I don't want to criticise the team because what we've done in the last few weeks and the last few um, seasons, well, the last few months and the last season is nothing short of incredible. Um, but Jim spoke at the end of last season, the beginning of this season, he wanted to see which players could compete in this division. He kept virtually the whole squad together, which is unheard of, really. But, you know, there are cracks now starting to appear. And whether it's just tired legs or whether it is the level, I'm, I'm not sure. It's not really for me to say this player and that player can't do it at this level. I don't think I've seen any one of our players look to them and thought, you cannot play at this level. I don't think any of them, it'd be fair to say that. However, we have started dropping points recently. You know, we have slipped away a little bit. Um, the openness of the league table has meant we are still in the mix, but we're not as strong, if you like, as we were You know, earlier in the season. So you look at Lewis Maynard and you think, right, well, what, what can you offer? And the first thing you see is when you when you read on the, on the club's website, the article that says we've signed him was he's a six foot three midfielder enjoying back-to-back promotions. I mean, straight away, you think, like yeah. the sound of this guy. Yeah. You know, he's going to come in there. Um, it, he's going to come straight into the squad. They've given him a number. They've also, though, it, just like you would expect with Jim Gannon, used the whole transition period, if you like, to... to just to move the squad around, just to, just to keep it refreshed. Connor DeMeo's coming back in. So it's not a complete, you know, clean sweep of the of the table, if you like. Jim still has faith in his players, but the ones he's bringing in are challenging, they're pushing, they're, they're, they're making the, the levels rise, if you like. We spoke about it last season with training levels going up and, you know, all the players have to put that little bit more in now. And he's just doing that again. Um, but, I mean, Salford is his big move. He's, he's played at Tramir Rovers um, as well. This, this guy... Listen, he's got high high recommendations everywhere he's played. We need a central midfielder at the moment. It seems to work, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and as we always say, Jim will tell you every time as well, it's not about a player, it's not about the players, it's about the squad. And it's about, you know, where it fits in and, and the job that he has to do compared to everything else. Well, you're off to, to see uh, Jim now, so we'll put the interview in here. Well, Jim, it's, it's not a Thursday evening, it's a Wednesday evening, but thank you for joining us all the same. Uh, it's been a big week for County. We'll speak about uh, the Dover game in, in, in a few moments' time. First of all, two new signings, one off the pitch and one on the pitch. It, it's been a big week. Yeah, um, obviously Simon's coming as director of football, which is a, a, a big statement of the intent of what's going to happen strategically at the club. And, and obviously on the back of that, we've had um, one of our, uh, you know, a very good signing, um, big signing, um, which again will be the first of many to, to, to sort of signal the intent of not just Simon but also Mark about what they want to achieve at the club. 
we'll we'll start with Simon. I, I do want to speak about Lewis in a moment, but we'll start with Simon. The term director of football gets gets announced, and, and fans think, well, what's that relationship going to be like? How is that going to work with the manager? Just give us a, a quick breakdown, if you would, of of how uh, of how you see it working. Um, well, initially, when I was introduced to, to Simon a couple of weeks ago, was um, his title was chief football officer, and I kind of found that. Um, strange title or an unusual title but when you look at um, Simon's CV and what he's done uh, there's several different titles you know what I mean people might not be able to distinguish between a chief footballing officer a a sporting director a director of football I think director of football is is more apparent to people in terms of what the role is it's somebody who acts at um, a director level uh, a strategic level in in terms of the footballing processes of the club and um I'm very comfortable. That last one I worked with was probably Barry Fry, and um, great experience, great knowledge, great contacts in the game. Um, but in Simon's case, I think Simon's got a lot more, a wider skill set. Uh, he'll not just be working with me; he'll be working with Luke in terms of the medical and um, Nick Donnelly in terms of strength and analysis and performance data, and Lord in terms of building development structures. So uh, there's there's a lot of jobs. Um, at not just operational level that we're involved in, but obviously at strategic level. And, um, you know, and I think that um, I've had to do a lot previously over the last four years, I've had to do a lot of upward leadership in terms of sort of the processes and what we need to put in place. And I've kind of been given the remit to do that, but I've kind of had to tell, explain why up. Um, and I think it's nice to have somebody now who, who understands what football's about. And when you're going through massive changes within a club, um, you talk about going full-time, new training ground, uh, new development structures at the club in terms of maybe on the 21s team. And uh, there's so much going to go on now that, um, you know, it takes a, a very well-skilled strategic thinker to be able to put a lot of those things in place. So I'm looking forward to that because it, uh, it takes a huge amount of pressure off me. Does it does it allow for a little bit more excitement, if you like? Because when when takeovers get announced, especially one of this level, uh, speaking if only for myself, there's always that little bit of apprehension of of how is this going to pan out. But now we're starting to see things tick over. We're starting to see the director of football, his CV looks incredible. You know, there's new players coming in that that uh, we know are of a very very good standard. Can we now get a little bit more excited about this? You think, even if it's just from the fans' perspective, I think I think all our fans are extremely excited. I think the only thing that's been disappointing has been how flat the current first team performance is. But uh, in so many levels, I mean, um, we we are. I mean, obviously at operational level, I'm having to deal with a lot of angst and issues. You know, not just within the uh, the, the first team football, but obviously. Um, We've got um, the youth side of it. How, how we're going to integrate that? How we're going to develop that? Um, we've got to make some big decisions on young players, senior players, um, players that kind of can't go full time, players that are or aren't good enough for this level or the next level. So th- there's a lot going on. Um, that kind of kind of keeps me a little bit more grounded and a little bit like um, I, I, I can't get too carried away with the good and the, the glitter and the, and the glamour of what's going to happen in terms of players but because I've got so much reality to work yeah. off but there's no reason why our fans couldn't be excited because um, you know they'll, they'll be excited by the signings they're going to see I think as we had players they're going to be players that they admire and respect in terms of what they've achieved and more importantly what they can achieve for us so the, everything's gone up a level and um, I'd expect with the recruiting policy 
and the development structures we've put in the club that we are now going to establish ourselves as a, a, a real contender for promotion at this level and um, and that's just the first stage of what Mark would like to achieve at the club. It does seem like we're talking a lot uh, of new signings every week at the moment, but Lewis Maynard is the one who's coming this week. Just give us a breakdown of, of what you know about Lewis and, and what we can expect to see from him. Well, Lewis is one of those... Um, I mean, we, we, we've got a fantastic set of, um, if you like, holding midfielders or athletic midfielders in terms of uh, Jordan Keane, Paul Turnbull and Sam Walker, and they've served us extremely well within our system. Um, and and there's not many players out there that are of a, of a similar type, um, but Lo, 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 Lois is definitely one of those. And I think um, I've known him from Halifax, from Tranmere, from, from Salford. I've seen what he's done at... Our level, he's obviously equipped himself extremely well in League Two. Um, uh, I suppose we're quite fortunate that players like that become available, and it's only because of the, if you like, the, the relentless striving that's going on at Salford and the additions that they're making that you're finding that players like Lois have become available and, and Danny Lloyd have become available to us. And um, we'd be fools not to consider these players, um, either, whether it be temporary or permanent. So, um, it's just a sign of the fact that we're we're looking for the next level of player, and um, again, the, the needs for this was accelerated a little bit by the kind of uh, the, the issue with Paul on Saturday, the sending off, kind of meant that we had a hole in the team. We've had little uh, fitness issues and f- uh, fatigue and freshness issues with some of our other midfielders, so uh, it was important that we added now because we certainly don't we want to sort of turn around the current form and, and start moving forward and um, Lois is, is, is a big sign in, in a statement really in a sense of it's not just one for here and now it's one that's going to be an important part I, I believe over the next two years You talk about recruitment policies and, and the striving forward that County are doing um, can, can we I don't, I don't want to put any names on things but are more players to be expected you think between now and the end of the season or is it is that the one that, that seals it until the summer now? No, no. Um, you know, we're not got a major overhaul uh, this season. Uh, it's, it's a difficult time of the year because you're a little bit restricted by the, uh, the certain availability of players. Now, there is a couple of players that are available now. Um, are they good enough for us now to make an impact? Are they good enough to, to, for us to, to, to be part of the, the solid group of players that's going to bring us to the next level? Um, these are things we're exploring. Um, we're working really hard at the moment um, myself and Simon have had lots of meetings in the last couple of weeks uh, again we'll sit down again tomorrow for several hours and, and talk about um, not just the players that are available the players that um, that we expect to be available but what type of players do we want what, what, what identity do we want what balance do we want between the experience and the characters and the quality that's coming through and the developing players and I think that um, you know Simon's very he got similar thinking to me in terms of the kind of style of football, um, uh, the mixture of character and um, personal qualities, along with um, the growth and the potential. So, um, you know, uh, and again, what, what we have to do is, is sit down and look at the type of players we want and go and target those players and work really hard. If they're available now, let's make it happen. If they're not available now, let's get them in the next window. I said in my programme notes that really the, the type of squad that we want to build uh, not just to be successful at this level, but obviously move forward with us to be successful at the next level. It has to be well thought out. And I think that we have to expect that there'll be a lot of recruitment done in every window over the next uh, 6, 12, 18 months. And um, like I said, from our perspective, a lot of work to be done, which uh, Simon is, is is getting stuck into. And um, 
uh, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to be done in that regard. And uh, I think, uh, but you can expect more signings if they're the right players and are available now because it's we're not restricted by a window. We're not restricted in some regards by the the, the, the money side of it. Uh, you know the funds are available, so it's just really about whether they they are a really good fit because we certainly don't want to make um, the wrong signings. We want to make all, all the signings to be purposeful, meaningful, and part of the growth of the team, the squad, and the club as we go forward. Let's have a look at the, the football inside. Then uh, defeat of the weekend, dust has settled on it a little bit. We we spoke last week about the team needing to gel a little bit. Just break down what happened on Saturday. Well, it's so disappointing, Yen, because I felt that um, right from the start, I thought we looked like we had a, a cutting edge. I thought we, um, we looked capable of, of um, containing them. We looked capable of um, mixing our game up in terms of building and playing and penetrating. Um, uh, the sending off obviously has a massive effect on the game. Um, it put us on a, the back foot. We kind of Credit to the ten lads. They regrouped. They kind of got um, a half time. We had a good chat. We had, we energised the group with perhaps Elliot's coming into midfield and Belly coming up front because uh, of the injury to Jordan Archer. Um, and I think we looked quite good as a ten. And uh, there was moments when I felt that we could work our way back into the game, which was was was, was just showing the character and quality of the ten that we're playing. Um, really poor goal to concede, and then obviously it's really hard work for our lads. But um, I kind of. I'm not proud of them for what they did, but I was pleased with the kind of efforts they made. And I couldn't be hard on them at the end of the game, but I just so disappointed that we didn't give ourselves a chance of um, playing eleven v eleven because I felt that the way we were going about the game, that I felt and confident that we would get a result, and then that would create the momentum uh, for us going into the the, the, the next twelve or thirteen games. So. In that sense, uh, it was just a, an opportunity lost. I felt um, and 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 really disappointed in the circumstances in, in which it was lost. What's the mood been around the camp like in in training since the game and in the dressing room since the game? You, you know, we we were talking last week. Go out and get a win. It'd be great. It didn't happen. So, what what's the mood been like since then? Um, I think it's been great. Uh, like I said, I can't I can't see anybody bouncing in with big smiles and laughing. I mean, we all feel. Um, not just the pressure of um, the results, um, but also the, the pressure of the performance, the pressure of uh, the external forces that are going to start acting, and the, you know the, the fear side of it. So, but I think that the players are dead professional. They come in Monday to train really well. Um, we stripped the performance back down and kind of worked on things that we felt worked well for us, and uh, the bits that we need to tidy up. Um, I think the majority of players actually after choosing that were saying it was the best training session they've had for for months. Um, you know, the tempo, the quality, the extra couple of players, in, uh, not just Lois, but Connor training with us, um, Frank was training with us. Um, and, and you look across the pitch and you, you, you've got two, a 10v10 going on with massive quality and massive endeavour. And it was a, it's a joy to watch. So uh, the squad's in a good place at the moment. Um, we just need to transfer that now into a a collective 11 that puts a performance in and gets a result because we're, we're going to a place, uh, Dagenham, um, like like many other places where they're desperate for points for to stay up. I mean, uh, you know, maybe their hunger might be more and their determination might be more. So we have to kind of create that environment in which uh, the points are very critical to us and that we're going to work really hard to make sure we turn this corner around 
because I think there's still an awful lot to, to play for and a lot to earn from this season. You mentioned Conor DeMeo coming back. Um, he is on the, the list to speak about tonight. It's, it's fair to say his, his county career probably hasn't gone the way he visioned it when he when he came in, but he's still got a role to play here and that's why you brought him back. Yeah, I, I mean, we speak for quite a while about Conor's career. And unfortunately, I mean, devastating circumstances when he's trying to establish himself in a team last pre-season. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard for any person to deal with. But, but for a young man, it's... Uh, it's a massive blow to lose your uh, a parent in, in such circumstances. And, um, um, you know, we've seen glimpses of his quality back then. It sort of gave us a feeling of what the future might hold when the likes of himself and Belly were, were playing and scoring goals against the likes of Leamington. And then, um, and I think, the, however, the, the mature, stronger lads came forward and kind of showed a bit more consistency and, 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 and took over the reins and, and delivered what we did, delivered last year. Um, Connor was very, very hopeful of... Um, having an impact this year had a good pre-season start the first game and I think um, but um, unfortunately um, whether it be the, the little bit of form a little bit of injury or um, or the form of Elliot he's found himself uh, playing second to to Elliot and, and, and you know Elliot's been one of the highest performing tens at this level in, in terms of his goals and um, minutes played um, but Connor's one of these that wants to play football and I thought Curzon was a great fit for him he went there and played football um, I explained to him that if he went there and did really well he got himself in top form and there was an opportunity available for him I'd, I'd give him that chance and he, he started off brilliant there scored a winning goal against York he got FA Trophy success and he was doing everything right until he got the injury and um, so we took him back to the club got him back under our wing got him fit again sent him out and it's been a long month he's been waiting for this opportunity and, and we did little and downturn in form and fitness of uh, Elliot, uh, I think it's really important that we conservatively manage Elliot, um, this ankle injury and the wear and tear that he's getting perhaps from just maybe overuse and he's a high energy player, high impact player, he's played more games in, in this season than he has in, in any season for a long time and, a, and at a higher level. Um, so I think it's a perfect time for Connor because the changes that are likely to happen in the club over the next three or four months um, some players might not get a chance and um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great time for him to be back. He's been training well. Mark Bradshaw's full of praise and credit for him. Um, and I think that he's done everything I've asked him to do. He's gone out, he's performed well, he's he's got himself back up to full fitness, match, match fitness, having an effect in game. So uh, why wouldn't we see if we should consider him as being a starting player? Let's talk Dagenham. Um, you said a moment ago they're going to be desperate for points. They're, they're fighting um, to stave off relegation. What kind of game do you expect them to bring on the weekend? Very, very tight, tough game. Uh, I think the the different from the previous team uh, that were playing a four-two-three-one, trying to play football. Obviously, they felt that didn't work, and probably this is a what's happening. The Dagman is a sign of what happened last year in this league, where a lot of teams um, down tools on the football side of it and got organised, got strong, started playing five at the back, started being fairly direct, um, pinching goals getting up the pitch, earning set plays and trying to win games with set plays. And um, having watched the last two games with Dagenham, it's uh, clearly play a, a variation of the 3-5-2. Two strong, powerful front runners in the likes of Reed and Candy um, and the other lad at the house, I think his name is, uh, that's how you pronounce it. Um, very well organised. Obviously, it's the, the Mac manager's gone there, Daryl. Um, and um, he's got them organised. He's got them um, keeping clean sheets. 
great win against Notts County 2-0 went to Wrexham were in good form and got a good draw um, I think it's going to be a tough nut for us to crack we have to kind of uh, make sure that we keep a clean sheet because it's going to be very very difficult to score against them um, I think we're finding in, in training different ways of trying to create opportunities um, and I think there's a lot of work to be done in the training ground to make sure that we can create that opportunity and take it whether that be from uh, getting Danny in behind whether that be from counter attacks whether that be from set plays and um, we need to find that quality because uh, without that we won't get the goals but um, I think we're in for a tough game because they're, they're in a good place at the moment they're well organised well oiled machine and I think they'll be really really motivated to use their home games to get maximum points Players are talking uh, sorry the fans are talking about potential of um, playoffs are the, are the players are you talking about it much are you keeping an eye on that as in uh, a win here and we're back in the mix and we're, we're never really out of the mix does that get spoken about too much um, no I, I don't think there's been much talk in the change room about the playoffs I think um, I think in, 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 in the staff room and in the new environment when I'm in the change room with the players I think what we're all talking about is just turning the results around getting that, that win get that one win um, I think the way we're playing at the moment um, um, and the, the lack of confidence the lack of energy perhaps and the lack of goals um, we can't think that we're serious contenders for the playoffs in the current form so the first thing we need to correct is just the form um, work really hard um, make sure we don't, don't don't do sort of things like we did on Saturday to give ourselves no chance of winning games, but just keep working hard, keep doing the right things, um, stay disciplined, stay focused, stay, stay confident and positive, and then just turn the results around, get the result, um, and then just build on that with the next result. And then when you kind of get into that form and you're in the momentum, look, none of us want us to limp into the playoffs and then have a poor show. We want to try and work really hard to get in the type of form that gets us into the playoffs and then if you're in good enough form to to, to get into the playoffs then you, you've obviously shown a sort of form that could potentially be successful in that playoffs and um, I think if we keep strengthening keep getting stronger and fitter and, and better over the next um, four or five weeks then we'll have a chance but at the moment it's all about getting that one win that one result that kind of changes the momentum it's the momentum that excites all the fans just finally the last question the, the big question I have to ask you this week uh, this time last week you were outside the Italian in Romley getting your tea how, how was that meal what did you have and how did you rate it lovely um, I'm a big fan of Amatriciano that kind of spicy bacon uh, pasta sauce um, very very welcome and then it was kind of uh, it was nice very lo- lovely atmosphere the food was tremendous um, and full of county fans so it's kind of like they were all shocked that we were there so uh, you can tell that the staff and, and, and most of the clientele but uh, you know it just goes to show you how, how popular the lads are in town but it was great because Danny Loy was there all the new lads were there you know so uh, I, I can't be more grateful to them for, for, for giving us that opportunity to come together and enjoy the meal as a, as a, as a group because um, it always lifts spirits and gets everybody uh, looking forward to the, the next time we're out Excellent big game on Saturday Jim all the very best Thanks so much. The one thing we haven't spoken about yet is actual football matches. <laughs> and <laughs> County in a bit of a sticky place at the moment. As you say, a lot of teams around them that are in very similar situations. Few teams like County can't seem to buy a win at the moment. Um, so that's keeping them, them in there. But but really, another difficult performance on Saturday with a you know sending off that obviously changed the game completely. It was it was a game when you you look at it and you think when I said this in commentary, I, 
I kind of stand by it. I saw some people saying the team were playing like strangers. I can see where they're coming from. It's very, very difficult when you bring in players. You know, listen, McAlendon, Eddie Clark, Danny Lloyd, they are very, very good players. Let's, let's not beat around that. There's no, nobody arguing that fact. But they still have to bed in with with players. They still have to bed in with the players around them. They still have to get to know the team around them. I remember thinking when we first signed, sorry, when we re-signed Danny Lloyd, I even said to him, oh, you'll know half the dressing room. Turns out there's not actually that many players that were still there. You know, there was a couple. The first one he said, yeah, Ian Ormson was still there. Well, how many minutes are you getting with Ian Ormson? It's it's not actually as, as many as you would think. So there has been a bit of a gelling process. Yeah, the sending off didn't help. Yes, Dover had a bit of a game plan that they stuck to, but County were the they played the better football. It made it frustrating that we couldn't just get the ball over the line. McAlinden, unfortunately, he's the one that's been sacrificed, if you like, when Paul Turnbull's been sent off. The referee's performance was abysmal. There's no way around that, and it really angers me that the you know, in any level of football, the referee should be held to some form of account. The fact that managers, footballers, whether you like them, whether you don't, they always come out and they have to speak to the cameras. Even if the refs just gave a statement or something after the game to say what was going through the head on certain decisions, it, it was it was an awful performance. But it was a sending off. Right. Okay. Can't get around it. Um, but yeah, it did change the game. County never really moved the ball around like we've seen them doing in recent months. They, they were a team gelling. They looked like a team of good footballers that were still gelling. To call them strangers is a bit too far. But yeah, they, 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 you can tell it has to click. Well, before we uh, we came on here, we had a big argument about Roy Hodgson. We did. So, <laughs> so I'm going to, so because I'm in an argumentative mood, I'm going to pick up on that com- comment about referees. I'm, I'm just going to ask you, if they did, they did that if they had to explain why they made certain decisions, what difference would it make? Because you're speaking with your heart there, really. You know, would it make any difference to the to the game? Would it? Okay, so I think it just make things worse. No, I think no. Uh, uh, okay, so for me, the one thing that we're seeing week out, week in, week out at the moment is time wasting. Dover came to time waste within the first ten minutes. They were kicking the ball away when it was their own throw in, things like that, to, to try and run the clock down. It's pathetic. And time and time again, the manager, Jim Gannon in this case, stands on the touchline tapping his watch to make a point to the referee, this is silly. And every week, the referee taps his watch back to say, yes, I acknowledge it, I acknowledge it. And then every week, without fail, four minutes added time is put on at the end. It's, it is, it, there is no point in booking a player for time wasting with five minutes left to go. Why did he not do it in the 30th minute? Why did he not do it in the 50th minute? If if that happened, where the referee had to come out and release a statement as to say why he didn't do it, if that was happening on a regular basis, it would force the issue to be challenged and thus see it addressed. Okay, there was someone's like, I'm not going to ask him to come out and write a statement about why he sent Paul Turnbull off. We've seen the replay. That's why he sent Paul Turnbull off. Paul can argue that he, you know, it, it was a 50-50 and he had to go for it and everything else, but you know why he's given it. But things that are recurring issues, like time-wasting, need to be addressed. And the fact that the referee just blissfully walks away from this thing, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, but you see, my, my opinion on referees is that part of the sky money and part of the cascade of the money... I mean, it, the money doesn't cascade anyway, but what it should do is there should be so much more money put into refereeing. 
You know, every single referee should be, I mean, I know they are, you know, a lot fitter than they used to be and stuff. They should be super fit. They should have as much money as they need to make sure that the game and, and they should, you know, have a lot more contact with the managers. They should have, you know, they should have a lot more meetings because that's the only, you know, VAR is not the answer because there's still contention. There's always been going to be contention. Even when they, everyone's, you know, asking for changes to it now, even when those changes come, there's still going to be stuff because it doesn't matter what angle you get. You can never, you can never completely say that was offside or he touched him or whatever. So I think the answer is for better relationships. And I think more money should be put into refereeing and it should cascade right down so that you get better referees at every single level. That's what I think. Possibly. I'm not going to argue the fact about VAR and the the, the yeah, it does, I mean, it doesn't affect this podcast. It doesn't affect county, but I'm just you know, I was just looking at the overall kind of. But the, my opinion of refer- and and VAR, it you, can, they, they possibly there possibly should be more of a relationship. There possibly should be more conversations. Not going to argue with that. If the referees can get fitter and it helps make the job easier or makes them perform better, fine. But at the moment, there is a consistent conversation that's coming up, and it's not being addressed. And the referees walk away every week and the fans get bitter about it and whatever else. And I'm not saying it was the reason County lost. I'm saying it's it's all kinds of frustrating. As a fan, as someone in the stands, watching a player kick a ball away, get you know as much dog's abuse from the stand that he'll just laugh off and, and whatever else. And then the ref continually say, oh, I'm adding it on, I'm adding it on. And then give a four-minute... It'll happen next home game. A penny to a pound right now. It'll happen in the next home game. And again, the ref will just go home and you know the manager will take a pelter if uh, we've been beaten. Or the but losing. the referees take pelters as well. The referees are called all sorts and spat at and you know. So I've not seen anyone spit at them. No, not at, not at county. I'm not saying that's ever happened to county, but you know you will um, yeah. find plenty of referees who and you don't. You know we don't hear what linesmen get called when they're close to, to fans and stuff like that. Cause they always talk about how that. So I, I just think there's a distance between the managers, the players and the refs and the refs are like so far behind and considered the bad guy. And I think, you know, the, the people who can solve that are sitting there, but it, it suits everybody to have a scapegoat. Anyway, anyway, a little bit of a controversial little diversion there. Who from the, um, Let's not call it the Dover disaster, but from the Dover game, who was your player of the week? Um, Difficult one to say, really. I mean, um, Danny Lloyd got man of the match. Now, I said in commentary, um, Festus Arthur should have have got it. Now, there'll be a lot of people who raise their eyebrows and go, are you joking? What? Because there was a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of times, I'm not going to say errors, you know, a couple of times, a very experienced centre forward has, has outthought him or has, has outmaneuvered him. Um, he's a young lad learning, and fans don't always like hearing that when you lose him because, well, le- you know, learning doesn't help us out at, at this moment, and I get that. Um, but some of the touches that he showed in the game, some of the 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 ability that he showed, certainly in the first half, to outmuscle a guy a lot, you know, significantly bigger than him, for him to outthink him, for him to drop the shoulder, the fact that he's gone on a couple of runs, taken the ball, transitioned it from defence into midfield, uh, and everything else, 
shows me that there is something worth working with there. We all heard and saw the rumours a few weeks ago about, you know, Lad Bible or whatever it was, posting that Leicester City are looking at Festus Arthur and the whole city are looking at him. And how true it was, I don't know. You know, I'm, some people tell me it was, some people tell me it wasn't. Personally, I don't tend to get involved in that, I'm not in, in, in that nonsense. However, the fact that he's involved in that conversation shows that there is something there. Uh, there is a player worth looking at there. Under Jim Gannon, he's progressed immensely. I think he will continue to do so. And on Saturday, okay, he didn't have a great game. None of them did. He showed glimpses, again, that he's got what it takes if he's worked with properly. And he continues on this thing with, with Jim that he could be a real, real player. So for that reason, I'm going to give him the player of the week. And prepare myself for the uh <laughs> <laughs> for the torrent of abuse. I don't think it'd be a torrent of abuse. No, no, but, but for the yeah, for the questions. For, for the disagreeers, yeah. Yeah. Um so Saturday, um going down to the Daggers. That's Dagenham and Redbridge. Um they used to make cars there, that's all I know about Dagenham. Um is this the game that County can use to drag themselves out of the slump? I would hope so. You would you would hope so. Um Dagenham you know, sitting just outside the relegation zone, not got a great deal to shout about. Um, we it was, it was quite funny because we um, we had a little back and forth, if you like, as you alluded to before. Before we went on air about Roy Hodgson and 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 it, the success that he may or may not have enjoyed in his career, and whether it constitutes him as a this manager, this level manager, or that level manager. I'm quite happy to say at this point, by the way, I'm anti Roy Hodgson <laughs> and Chris is pro. <laughs> but um, uh, don't at me. But um, Peter Taylor at Dagenham and Redbridge, who's who's recently left there, he you know he's a another former England manager that that's been around the circuit and been around the house and knows his football um, for better or for worse. He you know when they came to Edgeley Park, they had him in charge, and I thought they're going to be a team to watch. You know, former England manager at this level of football, you don't see that every day. Um, it's not worked out. They've moved him on. So are, are we going to see a little bit of a resurgence? Okay, that was a few weeks ago now, um, but you know they've they've still got. They, they're addressing their problems, shall we say. So we can't look at it as an easy game. I don't think there are easy games, especially because County is still in a period of transition themselves with all the new players and, and now another one as well with Lewis. So it's not an easy game. It's one that we can win. It's one that we can use to drag ourselves out of the slump if, if, if that's the way you want to word it. So yeah, let's go and get three points and we'll, you know, we're back on. Excellent. Chris, thanks. Cheers. Cheers.